Good afternoon. We just finished another great Ask Aces titled Invasive Species, Cause for Concern or Just Hype? We are excited to have with us today Chris Evans, a University of Illinois Extension Forestry and Research Specialist, and Dr. Eric Larson, an assistant professor. They're both in the Department of Natural Resources and Environmental Sciences here at the University of Illinois College of Aces. So to start off with, what makes a species invasive? Thanks, Jennifer. You know, we reserve that term uh, invasive really for a species that, you know, has been introduced. It's uh, naturally found or native to some other region. It's been introduced uh, into the area. It's escaped, starting to live, and then it really does some type of damage. And really that's the key is that there's some kind of negative impact or alteration that we don't like, and that's really what we call species invasive when that happens. Thanks, Chris. Eric, could you tell us a little bit about the difference between invasive and exotic? Uh, Sure. You know, we use a number of of terms like exotic or alien or non-indigenous to to suggest that a a species has been introduced to a a new region uh, by by people, by human pathways. But but we do reserve invasive to to refer to something that's been introduced and and causes some harm or or a negative impact. And uh, a lot of species that might be introduced to a new region, to a new continent, they might fail to establish a population. Sometimes if they do establish, they, they may never cause us any, any harm. So it's a, it's a small proportion of, of exotic species that might go on to have impacts associated with being invasive. So one of the popular questions that we saw over and over today on the chat, they, people want to know what are some of the worst invasives in our state, uh, curious in their county, but could you give us a picture of the state as a whole? What are some of the worst ones out there? Yeah, sure. That's uh can be a difficult question simply because, you know, depending on where you're at, there's different things that are bad and, and worse. But kind of overall, looking at a, a forestry standpoint in our forest here in Illinois, you know, one probably the first one that comes to mind across the state is bush honeysuckle. You know, that's a, um, a really invasive shrub. It comes in and it has the ability to invade really high quality natural lands. It doesn't need a lot of disturbance to get in there. Uh, but we're finding that it has big impacts both in tree growth, native species and and even impacts to uh, wildlife. Depending on where you're at, if you're in northern Illinois, you could add in uh, common buckthorn. If you go down to southern Illinois, uh, Japanese stiltgrass is a really bad one as well. So uh, it varies. And I, I work in freshwaters where uh, silver and big head carp in the, the Illinois River have, have received a lot of attention and, and those non-native fish are, are very abundant. They, they've definitely impacted our, our native fish in, in the Illinois River. Uh, but but some that the people uh, you know may forget about with the, the kind of uh, uh, media attention to, to silver and bighead carp have, have been that we still have a lot of problems from from zebra mussels from Asian clams uh, species that can uh, damage or, or impair the efficiency of infrastructure say at uh, power plants that use cooling water from reservoirs uh, so so we have a, a handful of freshwater invaders uh, the kind of a handful of, of carp species as well as zebra or uh, Uh, zebra mussels or Asian clams that have been very uh, impactful. So what are we doing to combat these invasives? Chris? Well, you know, there's a a lot of different ways to combat them. And and a big thing is we're trying to control them. And so some of the work that goes on here, you know, at ACES really looks at what are the best methods to to control or treat these, these invasive species. But I would say another big push is just really raising the awareness uh, with the public, landowners, just citizens in general about invasives. And I would say over the last about decade, it's really been a big change in Illinois. I think that most people now understand the concept of uh, invasive species and how they can be impactful. And a lot of that is 
due to the news, you know, Emerald Ash Borer in the news, people watching YouTube videos of, of carp jumping, things like that. But, you know, they understand that uh, their choices through education and things, they, they better understand that, that what they choose to do, what they put in their, their home, what they put in their landscaping does have an impact. And so I think one of the big things in terms of combating invasives is we understand more now that uh, it is an issue and then everybody kind of has a role to play. And I, I would say, you know, once an invasive species is really widespread and it's it's having severe impacts, our, our kind of control measures or eradication efforts, they, they can be expensive. Uh, you know, we, we really, the, the most cost-effective thing we can do is is to try to prevent new invasions from happening. We can try to contain the, the spread of invaders. And in freshwaters, that, that means being really conscientious about cleaning draining, drying your fishing gear, your boats before you move between waters. You're using live bait, not releasing live bait in a waterway. A lot of invasives from earthworms to crayfish to to minnow species get introduced through the the live bait trade. And uh, some of these steps that that you can take to to prevent new invasions from happening are going to protect our our waters, protect our ecosystems, and and save us costs uh, down the road of, of trying to manage some of these species. I'll just add to that, Eric, too. You know, I think those are great answers about, you know, streams and freshwater systems. And I think the same things kind of happen in our forest. I think if you go to a trailhead or want to hike in Illinois right now, there's a good chance that you're going to see a boot brush station or something right at that trailhead and asking those hikers to clean their shoes off. And the whole idea there is just what you said is removing those seeds or removing that ability for those plants to spread. And that's just another another way of doing that. So I think you guys are hitting on this, but talk to me a little bit about how do the concepts of biosecurity and invasive species correlate? You know, the idea behind biosecurity is taking steps to prevent either the introduction of some kind of pathogen or something, or especially the spread. And and that concept fits in with invasive species in the sense that when we have a new invader show up, what we want to do is limit that spread or contain it. And some of these practices we talked about, clean, drain, dry, or boot brushes is part of that. Uh, But also, you know, looking at kind of more regulations in terms of preventing the spread of these things or, or or limiting the ability of these things to be bought and sold, as well as um, just practices in the sense that right now a lot of landowners, we recommend to landowners is if they do work on their land, they have somebody come on their land to do tree cutting or something, that that equipment is cleaned before it gets on there. And that whole idea of clean in, clean out, sanitation, containment fits in with biosecurity, but it also works for invasive species. So do insects and pathogens enter into this conversation as much as plant and animal species? You know, they, they definitely do. We have insect or pathogen pests that have, have transformed our, our forests in North America. We've, we've lost foundational tree species like the chestnut to chestnut blight uh, and, and other diseases or pathogens that are, are spreading. And, and that's been a, a, a case in freshwaters, uh, the need to kind of, uh, it can feel burdensome taking this time to really, you know, clean your waders, clean your boat, but it, it's potentially saving the sport fish that you're going to go out to fish for from, from having population declines from from pathogens. And just from, a, like you mentioned with trees, with chestnut blight, you know, in Illinois, the greatest example happening right now really is emerald ash borer. Emerald ash borer is, is an exotic species accidentally introduced, and it's really changing uh, the face of our forest in Illinois, both our natural forest and our urban forest, and basically completely removing ash trees out of the ecosystems. And, and within a few years, they're probably going to be basically gone in Illinois. What are some of the biggest misconceptions about invasive species? I think it goes back to that uh, uh, distinction about um, 
the, the difference between an exotic species and a, uh, an invasive species, uh, that uh, not everything that's non-native or, or alien or exotic is causing us some, some harm, that invasive species really specifically refers to something that's gone through these, these stages of the process of being introduced, establishing a population, probably spreading beyond where it was first introduced to a, to a new continent or, or to a new ocean, uh, and then having some impact that they can scale from impacts on native species, changes in how ecosystems work, or, or fairly large economic or even health impacts on, on humans. And, and so not every exotic species, not every non-native species does that. It's, it's a, a really small percentage of exotic species that, that become invasive and, and cause us um, uh, these kind of management and, and control costs or, or conservation concerns. So are we getting any better at managing these invasions? Yeah, you know, I think so. I think um, one of the major avenues of research is looking at um, what is the best timing out there, what are the best methods to control these things, um, you know, as well as um, looking at regulations and, and predicting which invasives are out there. So, you know, I think that we, we are getting better. We need a lot of work, obviously, but we have some big success stories here in Illinois. And, and the first one that comes to mind was from a few years ago uh, in Chicago, we had an outbreak of Asian longhorn beetle. An Asian longhorn beetle is another wood boring beetle similar to, similar to emerald ash borer, uh, but it's a lot larger and it feeds on a lot more species. So it had potential to really cause problems in our forest. But through the ability of we call early detection and rapid response. They found it quick. They took measures to contain it. Uh, we were able in Illinois really to eradicate that that very invasive species uh, so that it's no longer here in the state. So I think, you know, we were, we're learning from mistakes. We're um, trying new things. And so, yeah, I think we are getting better overall at managing these invaders. I think it's really important to recognize, you know, when our regulations and policies for, for environmental issues like invasive species do work. The Great Lakes, we're, we're experiencing a, a really high rate of invasions from uh, kind of Eastern Europe introduced through ballast water. These kind of hitchhikers, uh, uh, larvae of, of aquatic species that could survive in the, the water in ocean-going ships for, for weeks to months. Uh, so zebra mussels and round gobies and a number of species first showed up in the Great Lakes. And after um, regulating ballast water treatment or ballast water exchange in the open ocean, uh, we, we went a decade from, from 2006 until very recently without a, a new freshwater invasion in the Great Lakes. We really slowed that, that rate of introductions. And the, the kind of challenges change over time. The, the pathways of how invasives get introduced change over time. We, we think for the Great Lakes, things like the pet trade or the aquarium trade may become more important than ballast water over time. So we, we sort of have a, a moving target for preventing new invasions. But we, we've definitely had uh, a number of, of successes that I, I think should be recognized. So should we worry about some of the invaders that we see on television, like the Burmese python here in our state of Illinois? Well, you know, I think we should worry about some of these invaders, sure, but maybe not the Burmese python. Um, you know, really what one of the things that determine whether a new introduced species can become invasive and can succeed really is, you know, a climate match. So we're finding that species that, that originate in areas that have similar climate, similar soil, temperature, um, these things do well in these environments. And species that are kind of outside of, originate from outside of the similar climates, 
don't tend to do as well. So overall, you know, I think Burmese pythons, which are you know a huge problem in, in Florida and 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 uh, really hit the news a lot. Um, they're probably not going to get up here, right? They're probably a little too cold. But that being said, you know, we have other invaders that that do make the television and and uh, emerald ash borer and Asian carp and things are are sexy topics as well that we should worry about. So tell us about what's next for you guys from a research standpoint. What are you working on, Eric? My my lab's kind of working on two pieces of, of invasive species uh, uh, prevention and, and uh, early detection. Uh, the first of those is, is uh, doing some of this climate modeling, say for things like identifying where uh, a Burmese python would live, probably not in Illinois. We, we climate matching or, or distribution modeling to identify which invaders Illinois or, or the Great Lakes should worry about in the future. And we can apply that information for surveillance or early detection programs. Because the time when our, our kind of eradication efforts may be uh, the most effective is when a, a new invasion is, is uh, really small, a, a small population that's just arrived someplace. So we, we try to use these models to identify where we should be searching for potential invasives on the landscape. And then my lab does a lot of work with environmental DNA, this idea that we can look for genetic traces of organisms in the environment uh, as kind of an early warning that something's established while it's still a low population size when, when management might be effective. Uh, so we're, we're developing environmental DNA tools for a, a number of um, potential invaders in, in Illinois and, and other regions. And one of those is a, a Asian clam, which I had mentioned earlier as a, a, a species that has high costs associated with a, a fouling of infrastructure uh, that, that we can detect by the, the amount of its uh, uh, genetic material in the environment. So what we're looking at um, in terms of a forested or terrestrial ecosystems, um, the probably the biggest project that I'm doing now with invasive species is really looking at uh, tracking phenology. And so phenology is a fancy word. It basically means just the development over time of plants. And, and it's predictable, you know, throughout the year, and it's dependent on the, the weather. But um, we're having, uh, we have 30 or 40 volunteers across the state that every month they collect um, data on different invasive species. And we summarize that, and we do these phenology reports. And the idea is the more we know about um, what stages these plants are in, when, uh, what they're doing across the state, and how that differs, uh, we can better target our control efforts, we can better target our timing, and just make us more effective at controlling these so we have higher success when we do try to do management. So that's one of the things. And then we're also looking at some some trials looking at different herbicides and different control techniques, again, trying to refine the best methods to control these species so we can have the most success. Well, it certainly sounds like there are a lot of things that you guys have made great progress in, and yet there's still a lot of things that um, need some future study. It sounds like it's a great opportunity for students to, to get into the natural resources and environmental sciences major. You know, what are some of the things that you've learned over the years or advice that you might offer to students who would be interested in careers like you guys have? I would say, you know, if you're if you're interested in a natural resource career, and regardless whether it's wildlife or streams, fisheries, forestry, any of these, you're going to have to deal with invasive species now. I think it's a big topic. Managing these things is an important part of any type of management. So um, having having a working knowledge of the invasive species uh, in your field of study or in your interest um, definitely will will help you compete and help you do jobs and get better jobs. So I think it's something that kind of regardless of what you, uh, what area you're going in, it, it's worth understanding more and there's a lot of opportunities out there for it. I, I absolutely got here from uh, being an undergraduate in natural resources 
who in the kind of summer jobs, summer internships I took, uh, uh, again and again, invasive species were an, uh, an issue my employers were, were dealing with. And I, I decided to study invasive species in, in grad school for that reason. And, uh, you know, depending on the, the, the career you want, uh, you may manage invasive species as a, a land manager for a, a county forest preserve district to working on a, a policy or, or regulation of, of invasive species from a, a you know law or political science background at a, a state or federal level and it, it's something that uh, could affect a, a number of careers in, in uh, natural resources or or the environmental sciences and as a little self-promotion for, for NRES. We, we actually uh, teach a course in, in the ecology of invasive species that uh, I think has been really great for, for our students. And uh, we have resources like uh, uh, Dixon Springs in Southern Illinois where, where people can get hands-on experience uh, through, uh, through the department and the college. Well, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your time and know you're really busy. Thanks for joining us for the Ask Aces podcast on invasive species. Tune in for the next one. Have a great day.